0: Hey there ask kickers. Welcome to another solo edition of the podcast and I will get to the post in a minute. And I just wanted to pause and say thank you to everyone who gave us feedback about what you want to see more of on the podcast. Your opinions have been so incredibly helpful and we've been looking at those and we will be making a little bit of changes and um, I'm just really, truly honored too. I was, I, there was like a part of me that was afraid people were going to be like, we don't want your solo episodes. <laughs> Just have guests. But so many of you said, told me how much you loved them and and that you wish that they were longer. So I will try. And I have some ideas to make them a little bit longer and also um, some great ideas for guests as well. And a couple of you mentioned some guests that you would like me to have on the podcast that I've actually already had on the podcast. They just were way earlier episodes. So if you do a search on my current website, depending on when you're listening to this, if you go into the top right hand corner there's a search bar and also if you're on a desktop, I don't think this works on mobile, but if you're on a desktop and I'm, I am i know it's in Chrome, I don't know if it's in other browsers, but if you type in yourkickasslife.com and then hit the space bar, you can search right from there. It's a little trick I actually found on accident a while back that's excellent and you can type in a guest's name and i might have already had them on the podcast so that's that so thank you again for those of you that took the took the time to give us your feedback and and answer my questions and uh again it's just with deep gratitude that you're all here and i am honored and excited and at the same time terrified that you're all here <laughs> It's sort of like safe over here behind my laptop, behind my microphone, all by myself with my dog in my office. And it's, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, putting myself out there and getting all the people. I'm like, look at all these people. Thank you so much. And I'm still kind of asking the universe, what is it going to look like for me to figure out a way to uh, be with all of you? instead of just in this virtual space. I love meeting people in person. Again, exciting and terrifying for me. <laughs> Very vulnerable, but I love it. it. It lights me up and makes me so happy to get to hug you all and see your faces and hear your stories and hear your voices. So thank you for being here and part of my little, little bit of the universe here at Your Kick-Ass Life. And before I get into the the uh, the topic the post and I really hope you stick around and listen to it even if you are never you're not someone who struggles with addiction uh, that's sort of the premise of the idea that I came with to this topic but it certainly is for everyone and I think it's just kind of a theme that's come up in my life lately and a, the whole concept of feeling your feelings. And not just what that looks like. I mean, that's that's part of it. But really, it starts more so with permission. And permission to feel whatever it is that you feel. I mean, how many times have you been somewhere where someone has told you not to feel a certain way? Or how many times have you said that to someone else? I know I'm guilty of it as well. Like, oh, don't be sad about that. Or you shouldn't feel embarrassed about that. Or you should really be happy about this. You know, it's like... But we're not any of those <laughs> you know. when we feel something else. So it just like – it devalues our experience. And so I made a vow to myself not to tell anyone how they should feel. Like you, you feel what you're going to feel. My perspective might be different. But you can't even say like what you would be feeling if you went through that. You can guess. But you can't really – completely put yourself in that person's shoes unless you have actually been there and actually had the same experience and the same story. So I think we do that a lot. That's one point of it. And then I think a lot of us and, – and I talk about this a little bit in, in the post – is a lot of us grew up in our family of origin where we were meant to feel wrong for how we felt or we were pretty much not encouraged at all to feel anything. You know, don't feel. And – it was never talked about and it was it was never modeled for us from our parents or or it was modeled in a very unhealthy way perhaps with you know screaming arguments or you know slamming doors and and uh emotions are tough i'm not going to lie like do i think they're easy fuck no i don't think they're easy but i think that for me in my life right now and you all know that my work here with you all is autobiographical What I teach a lot of times is what I'm going through. I do absolutely teach what I'm certified to teach and like the scope of this practice that I've created. But whatever comes up in my life, I look at, like I'm such a self-help junkie that like I kind of like after the initial like, oh, I don't want to work on this, comes the like I'm excited to work on this and I, when I'm ready, I take you through that with me. And so you probably, many of you are like, yeah, we know. but. I hope you like that. (laughs) It's just sort of how it's evolved. But definitely, I think in my own journey of getting sober, that's where I was kind of like – I mean, talk about like ice bucket challenge. Like the cold water was thrown on me and it was like, okay, it's time to shine the light on all of this because when we don't shine the light on stuff that's going on and we don't actually feel whatever it is that's coming up that we want to feel, that we need to feel – a, it doesn't go away. And B, it just turns into this mess. And I use that term like for as a broad umbrella to describe like how we can we offload the feelings, we push them down and they come out into other ways that we don't even know. You know, and and you know, some theories are that they come out as physical illness and disease and things like that. So I'm on a mission to feel all the feelings, and it is terrifying, and I resist them sometimes. But one thing that I have done, and I don't think that I talk about this in the post, is that I tell on myself to people that I trust very much and people who I know our relationship can bear the weight of me telling them. And what I mean by that is – is this person isn't going to tell me not how to feel. This person isn't going to tell me I'm wrong for needing to feel that this person's just going to hear my story and just say like, all right, you know, let's do this. And I, I do have my own coach actually and I'm going to have her on my podcast here in a, in a couple of months and she's amazing. And it's just people in the coaching world, we call that holding space and that sounds really cheesy, but that's kind of how it is. It's just like allowing people to feel their feelings. And, and last night I was, I was laying in bed and I was – I don't know where this came from, but I love the movie Forrest Gump. One of my favorite all-time movies. I am not a repeat movie watcher. I watch a movie and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't i don't watch them over again. I'm like, I know how it ends. So before Forrest Gump, forget it. Like I've, I've watched it so many times. And the scene where Jenny comes back, one of the many times she comes back and she revisits her childhood home, a home where it is sort of uh, – We get get the knowledge that she's been abused in that home and she's standing outside and she starts throwing rocks. She breaks down and she starts throwing rocks at this house and she's breaking windows and she's starting to get emotional. And then she falls down on the ground and Forrest says, sometimes there's just not enough rocks. And it's sort of – and Forrest is awkward. And it's kind of this awkward moment where you can tell he doesn't know what to do or what to say and he just sits down with her. And I'm, like, getting a moment – my throat is, like, tightening just thinking about it. And that – that is it. Like, that, that's all that you need in those moments is for someone to sit with you and bear – help you bear the feelings of what's happening. You know, Forrest didn't try to fix it. He didn't tell her not to be upset. He didn't tell her it wasn't that bad. He didn't tell her his life was harder or try to one-up her. He just sat down with her. Awkwardly, as as feelings and emotions are, you know, people ask me, like, when is this going to feel genuine, this, like, holding space or this, you know, self-compassion? It's like, dude, it, it, sometimes it's just not ever going to feel genuine. Feelings are vulnerable and scary. And as humans, we're kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. And that's okay. Like, does it have to feel, like, perfect and beautiful and flawless? No, it doesn't. You know, I I wrote a post a while back, The Magic of Awkward Conversations, and that's sort of the same thing. It's, It's like, this is awkward. Life is awkward. I'm convinced that life is, like, one big series of awkward events and conversations one after another until somebody dies. You know, it's like... I don't know where we get this notion where everything has to be like easy and and beautiful and perfect and I don't know. That's not what my life looks like. My life is filled with awkward and uncomfortable questions and conversations and silences and and getting and messing things up and having to circle back and and trying to get it right. <laughs> member FDIC.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.
0: And like I always say like there's beauty in humanness and the human mess because we're all imperfect and flawed and I think that's all I have to say about that. I had no idea I was going to go on for so long and that was uh I don't know. I just – that's just what's been on my mind this morning. I sat here for like 10 minutes before I hit record and I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? So that's just what came out and I hope you all like it and I love you all. Seriously, you guys, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get my period or something but I'm just like <laughs> – I love my ass kickers. I love you guys. I just am – I'm just honored that you have been with me for for as long as some of you have. I mean I've been doing this for a long time and um, thank you for coming with me on my journey. And one more thing before we get on to the post – uh, if you haven't already, I would love for you to leave a rating and review on iTunes uh, or Stitcher if you're on Android. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's ratings and reviews on Stitcher. So if you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 90, if you're unfamiliar with how to do that, there are step-by-step instructions at the bottom of the page that will walk you through exactly how to do that. I would I would be so incredibly grateful for that. And then also – I am always honored and grateful when you share these episodes with your people, um, again, at yourkickasslife.com forward slash 90. It is very easy to do that. There's share, share buttons there. You can share it uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and email and all of the ways to share with people who, who might need to hear this message, who are – you know, who love life and just want to be better people and want to learn how to live their kick-ass life because it looks different for everybody. And I, um, I thank you for doing that. And all right, here is what I actually wanted to say today. So I wanted to preface this post and say, before you dismiss this as something you don't need because you – don't have an addiction problem. I please ask you to keep listening. This episode is really for anyone who practices personal development, anyone who actually has feelings and emotions. So if that's you, keep listening. In early 2011, I knew I needed to get sober. It's another longer story, one you can read about if you go to the blog, if you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 90, there is a link in the post that you can read all about that story. But a couple months into my recovery, I realized I was going to have to face something that I had never done before. Feeling my feelings sober. Very scary, right? And it's no shock that many people who get sober from drugs and or alcohol turn to another drug, whatever that is. It might be shopping, relationships, exercise, food, overachieving, busyness, the internet, you name it. Whatever they can get their hands on to numb, to numb out with. Why do, why do we do that? And my guess is, and of course I can only talk from my own experience, is that they get sober and feelings come up and they don't drink anymore so they have to turn to something else to cope and numb out. That's why they choose that. And we live in a culture that doesn't teach us how to feel our feelings. There's no class in school for this, and many families don't talk openly about it. And even if we kind of know what to do with our feelings, rarely are we encouraged to do so. The generations before us were mostly emotional, emotionally illiterate, meaning that vulnerability which is really what encouraging the expression of feelings is, or even feeling your feelings is vulnerable. Personally, I grew up in a house with a metric shit ton of love, but when it came to vulnerability, nope. So in 2011, when I found myself sober, the irony was almost funny. When I was drinking, I had my days feeling like I would crawl out of my skin if I didn't have a drink, or five of them, and then when I got sober, I felt like I had crawled out of my skin, like I was this sort of raw person walking around, bumping into everything. I read an article, and the author, her name is Emily McCombs, and she says so eloquently about this stage. She says, snorting coke is not hardcore. Walking around feeling whatever fucked up shit you feel without escape 24 seven is fucking hardcore. And yes, It's fucking hardcore. I think many of us get to a point where we feel shit come up. Shame, disappointment. Disappointment in others or ourselves. We feel fear, worry, feeling like we don't belong. You know, insert your hard feeling here. And we instinctively run far away. We run into a bottle of booze. We run into an entire pizza or Facebook, online dating, food restricting, being busy, insert your choice of numbing here. We get so used to doing this. Sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. And you might think, well, what's really the harm? Those are shitty feelings. No one wants to feel those. And seriously, I used to say that too. And sometimes my addiction still whispers in my ear, claiming it's the comfortable and easy solution to whatever I'm feeling. Like the last time, so last year, when my son was really struggling at school, like the kind of struggling where my heart cracks open and I wonder if I would get arrested if I just kept him home all day and we just hung out and I would make sure that no one ever came over at all to talk to him for fear of hurting him, like that kind. I was sitting at a stoplight and my mind slowed down and I thought to myself, I should have been doing more to advocate for him. I've been wasting time, we've lost time, What if he grows up to be an addict too? What if he starts drinking as a teenager like I did? What if because of my negligence and advocating for his special needs, he becomes a heroin addict? I'm seriously the worst mother. God, I need a glass of wine. Just like that. Because to be in that place of feeling like a failure as a mother, to be in that place of heartbreak for him is too much. My brain tells me I cannot bear the weight of this pain. My heart panics and cannot take it either. Wine would make it better, wine would make it go away. And luckily for me, I have the tools, and I'll get to those in a minute, to see this quickly when it happens, and to not drink. But I get it, I get that it totally blows to be with those feelings. It's raw, and it's brutal, and it is fucking hardcore. But here's what I know for certain happens when we keep numbing, when we keep running the feelings don't go away. They don't just dissipate into the atmosphere with every sip or bite or mile on the treadmill. They kind of get shoved deeper into your body where they just sit and wait. And they don't actually just sit there. They kind of bounce around and manifest as anxiety or maybe depression for some or negative self-talk or self-loathing. And then we feel like shit and we don't know why. The feelings don't just go away. They fester and eat away, eat away at you until one day they have an exit point, finally. The thing about feeling your feelings is it can be very multi-layered. You may have trauma, which typically needs professional help from a trained mental health therapist or professional. But what I can do here is give you an example of what it might look like to get through feeling those hard feelings. So the example I gave above of feeling guilty and anxious and afraid for my son, because I've been doing this work for so long and I practice this work so much, I am quickly able to recognize that stream of thoughts and see what's happening fairly quickly. This takes practice. You might spend days on end having those thoughts. Try to be mindful of it and see what's happening. If you can stop them as they, if you can't stop them as they come, that's okay. I want at first the win for you to know what's happening. That is the, like, it's the pre-work. It's the pre-step. Then cry if you need to. Scream if that's what feels right. Get really fucking angry. Say as many bad words as necessary. Journal all of your feelings out. Write scathing letters that you'll never send. Just let it out. And next, this is where it gets kind of tricky for many people. Talk to someone who's earned the right to hear your story, not the bank teller, not your condescending mother-in-law, not your judgmental neighbor, not your friend that is only sometimes reliable, but someone who loves you for all your humanness and your human mess. If you don't have this person, I know it's hard and you may not have this person for various reasons, but I beg you to reach deep on your courage and vulnerability and keep trying to find her. The other thing is practicing self-compassion. In that moment, I had made up that I was the worst mother because I didn't advocate for my son enough. I didn't do any Autism 5Ks, bad. I didn't know about nonprofits that had free parent liaisons, bad. I didn't know what my rights were as a parent concerning his individualized education program, it's called an IEP, bad, all bad. But the truth is, everyone falls short sometimes. In regards to my son, I didn't know about a lot of the things that were available to me because previously we hadn't needed them, and I was in a panic and all of that came up. Practicing self-compassion is just that, a practice. Nobody gets their yoga or meditation practice down on the first, second, or third try. They keep at it over and over again, and sometimes they have good days, and sometimes they don't. Same with self-compassion. But the point is to try. My hope is that you pull something out of this, even if it's just knowing that you need to slow down on the numbing, to face what's happening inside of you. Solicit the help of your trusted friends. Know that your feelings are normal and okay. And please, please, please be kind to yourself. So until next time, Ask kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.